are listening to Girls Gone Wad. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 58. We have a very special guest on this episode. We sure do. You're about to listen to our interview with Stacy from Paleo Parents. Stacy Toth, who she'll be calling in in just a second. But we thought we would just catch you guys up first. Yeah. Claire um, just got back from Hawaii. From Maui. It was awesome. We, I'm sure you guys, we didn't get sunburn at all. Told, oh, but wait. Uh-oh. I'm about to move you. Oh, you're just, Claire's like pulling up, pulling her pants down in front of me. Oh, that's a little yeah. She's you that you just did, were like the copper tone girl. You should have seen this. Claire's the copper it was tone like, girl. It could not have been redder. Really? It was awful. So and it happened the last day, the whole trip. I didn't get sunburned at all. And then the last day we went surfing, and I the, put the sunscreen on. But we were out for like twice as long, and we went surfing three times. But the last time we were out for twice as long. And so when you're paddling, you know, it's like I had a rash guard on, but yeah. I had bikini bottoms on. And my, so my like butt, cheeks, and like the little strip of my lower back where yeah. my rash guard got pulled up just got totally fried. And we went home and I took my bikini bottom off. And I started laughing and Brandon comes in and he was like, oh, oh my God. No, like, and right because, on the let's last be honest, day. Because your, your butt is the whitest part of your body. Yeah. So like my butt could not have been whiter. And then my like the side of my butt cheeks and my lower back were just like, so, so, so red. Yeah. And then I had to sit on a plane with, like, this lower butt oh, back. Oh, like burn. Sunburn, yeah. Sunburn's so uncomfortable. Oh, my gosh. I was like, that what happened on the plane. Oh, what? Not the part about when I met Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Which happened. That was cool. But God, I'm so on jealous. the way back, it was an overnight flight, right? Because yeah. they're all overnight flights like yeah. that. And this guy, the guy next to us, gets on the plane. And he's like, um, excuse me, where can I plug this in? And he's holding a CPAP machine. Like, the thing that you use. Yeah. Yeah, when my you're doing sleep apnea. And the stewardess was like, uh, this is an airplane, <laughs> like nowhere. So he just didn't use it. So he just snored so loud the whole time. Oh. And Brandon and I are just like, oh my God. Like he sat right next to you? Yeah. Like I was in the middle of Brandon was in the window and he was in the aisle. Oh. And he was like just the loudest snorer ever. That's when you need some good And I was trying like to canceling. nudge him. And, oh. and it's like you're on a plane. There's so much white noise. He would yes. think. Like usually if you have some Nothing of the Nothing can mask that. Oh, it was awful. Ugh. Anyway, Yay. but that was the low part. Everything else was amazing. We did a little bit of CrossFit, not a lot because Brandon kind of got sick and also because we were like doing other stuff. Yeah. We went on a really cool waterfall hike. We surfed a couple times. We snorkeled and spent a lot of time in the ocean. We ate a lot of pokey, like so much pokey. I can't even tell you. Uh, drank a lot of Mai Tais. A lot of people feel very strongly about pokey. It's so good. I don't know. If I... It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone commented on that photo. I was like, like oh my just god, like obsessed with it. I'm so like, what good. am I missing? It's like the freshest tasting thing because it's like the yeah. stuff that I would always get the ahi pokey. So it's like basically ahi sashimi. Yeah, that has like dressing and stuff on it. And oh my gosh, it's so good. I want some right now, but it would cost like four hundred dollars to get in Colorado. You couldn't even. I don't think. Like yeah. I don't think you could could like possibly get fresh enough fish here yeah. to do it. It's so good. Oh, I feel really close to you right now. So Claire and I are like have a totally different setup in our uh, little studio, and so we're like sitting shoulder to shoulder, and it's really weird. Just adorable. Having like we're like looking out at the we're like, wall. <laughs> I love that you guys redid this this room, and I was like, did, did you change yeah, anything? No, we painted from white to white. It's like shades of vanilla. It's like just but one you can't shade tell to another. The light, because you don't have an overhead light in this room. Just one shade so to another. Light hasn't yeah. changed. So we hope you enjoy this. Uh, interview with Stacy, and um, here we go. Here we go. Hello. Hello. Oh my god. So what you might not know about me <laughs> is the fact that I am notoriously late for like everything. So I'm That's really, perfect. really sorry. 
It's perfect. No, it's okay. Were you uh, shopping for a car? My mom is. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Well, thank you for doing this. No problem. I'm happy to be here. I'm sorry Viv couldn't join us, but um, see, originally we were going to do it together from the gym, but um, I'm not at the gym. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So we couldn't do that. We'll just have to do a round two sometime. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. Well, okay, so we're going to go ahead and get started with a bunch of questions. We have some listener questions for you, too. But um, why don't you start by just introducing yourself and um, telling a little bit of your backstory? Are we on? Sure. Yeah, we're on. Oh, great. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens when you do people that are, like, experienced podcasters. They just start giving you goldmine from the beginning. No. Um, (laughs) So I'm Stacey Toth from paleoparents.com about four and a half years ago. After the birth of my third son, I accidentally ran into a recipe for paleo ice cream and was like, oh my gosh, what's this paleo thing? Totally drank the Kool-Aid, threw out all the junk in my family's house. My husband and I collectively lost 200 pounds. Um, And then our children had a whole host of health improvements, including going off medication and improved behavior and stuff like that. Um, so we kind of got in on the paleo ground movement before it was really popular back then. (laughs) The only book that was available that I knew of at the time was Lauren Cordain's The Paleo Diet. Like Rob Wolf's book wasn't even out yet. And, um, so I remember when like Everyday Paleo came out and it was the first kind of paleo cookbook and paleo comfort foods came out. So, um, it was about that time that we decided that we wanted our children to have a recipe book that we felt like we could tell them you can cook anything in this book and um, feel good about it. We were going to publish an ebook, but at the time there was this like small unknown publishing house called Victory Belt Publishing, yeah. and they ended up picking up our idea for an ebook as an actual published book. So we published Eat Like a Dinosaur, which is our um, kid friendly. We don't call it paleo; we call it. Um, gluten-free, dairy-free book because we really tried to encompass children with all kinds of allergies. And then um, as time went on, we kind of merged to getting really into um, sustainably and humanely raised meat. So then we wrote a second book with Victory Belt, who's then getting bigger and now a New York Times bestselling. Almost every single book that they put out is the winner. Um, And that book was Beyond Bacon, um, was a nose-to-tail pork book, tried to encourage people to by a whole animal, both for their own economic sake as well as environmental and um, teaching a person not to be intimidated by cooking their way through an animal. Basically, don't just eat the pork chops and the bacon. There's a whole lot of other <laughs> um, pieces and pork was the most affordable. It also happens to be the most delicious. So <laughs> we did – Bonus. Bonus. Um, so we did Beyond Bacon and then um, then – I kind of got bored with food and um, got really into lifting heavy things. So our focus over the last kind of year, year and a half has been more about the lifestyle aspects of the paleo diet. And for me, that's meant um, first I started in CrossFit and I found out that the parts of CrossFit that I really liked were deadlift days and squat days and that I really didn't like running and jump rope days. <laughs> so. I switched to strongman and um, there's still cardio involved. The conditioning just includes running more slowly with something heavy in your hand rather than running for the sake of running. Right. Um, 
And so now I'm a competitive strongman athlete, and I recently received my invitation to nationals. Which is amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Within one year of doing the sport. So So I'm super stoked about that. And um, so as that kind of merged, we also um, delved into the lifestyle aspects of the paleo diet with our upcoming book, Real Life Paleo, where we talk about how important sleep is and um, having fun and all those kinds of things. Um, And what I found in my own life for performance is that, you know, eating paleo just kind of wasn't enough for me to be really healthy. I had to incorporate kind of what I call the paleo superfoods, um, bone broth, organ meats, lots of vegetables, things that nobody really wants to eat, but um, it actually has made a huge difference in my health and my performance in the gym. So um, Real Life Paleo incorporates easy, quick, kind of weeknight, put-it-together dishes, one-pot meals, five ingredients or less, 30 minutes or less is the majority of the book um, for people who are really busy, but also um, it has three phases, the first of which is like your introductory period where you can go hog wild with chocolate cakes and pancakes and paleo pancakes and stuff like that. And then kind of as you're on your four and a half year journey, as I've been, it gets into kind of phases two and three, phase two being strict paleo and phase three being kind of the nutrient dense approach to paleo that I have found really has helped me maintain my health over the years. So that's, that's what I got for you. That's everything and kind of how it makes sense. I'm really weird hodgepodge. People have a hard time figuring me out. I work full time. I blog. I cookbook. I'm a mom. I strongman. I'm like this this little soup pot of all these weird components, but somehow it comes together. Well, I and I love that. And I was that was you read my mind. That was my next question. Was how I know you have such a strong following, and I'm sure a lot of it is how do you balance all of that. But it, it seems like you have a really good schedule for everything. I mean. I try, <laughs> but um, I'm not. I'm first of all, the blog and all of that isn't one person. Like we have a team of people, and my husband is my partner in all of this, and he's a stay-at-home dad. But he isn't a stay-at-home dad because he runs the paleo parents business and mostly does the book stuff. So um, in that aspect, you know, it's really just about maintaining the difficulties between. Managing a team of people who run the blog because I am kind of the the management operations person. And then, you know, my full-time job keeps me extremely busy and being a mom and training. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Like maybe it's not those things for some people, but a lot of parents, you know, have difficulty juggling taking their kids to after-school sports and cooking a healthy meal for them while after they've worked a whole big long day. And so I think a lot of the ideas and techniques that we use in terms of like making meals kind of simple and, you know, those different kinds of things can be relatable to people. Um, One of the things that people ask us about all the time is meal planning. And I wish that we did it, but we just suck at it. (laughs) So the best that we can do is like have a freezer full of meat and take a hunk out each day and be like, okay, this is what's for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's about the extent of our meal planning. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And I also love, like, I always love seeing your Instagrams or anything about how much you involve your whole family in the right. whole process. Yeah, and I feel like that would make it. I don't know, maybe it makes it harder, but I feel like it would kind of make it a little bit more manageable if everyone is sort of like totally on board. And I mean, Definitely. I guess totally on board is a, a relative term, but I mean, like, you know, excited, excited about cooking and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, it's a lot less resistance. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say that everyone's totally on board, but like, you know, the children really, really, and I don't 
share this on Instagram mostly because um, I'm at the grocery store and Trader Joe's doesn't like photos being taken. I don't know if you guys know this, but they actually have a <gasps> I policy. haven't noticed that yet. Are you kidding? No, I tried to do a video in there once and <laughs> it did not go well. Really? So, Ooh, that's um, good to know. I had no idea. Yeah, I don't I don't know why. But there and I was like, I'm advertising for you. Like, why wouldn't you want right. this? But anyway, so I try to be huh. respectful and not take photos at Trader Joe's, but like one of the things, the most important things that we do in our family is definitely involve the boys in shopping. And we have a list in our refrigerator. And so if there's like a recipe or a food that they want for the week, it's their responsibility to write it up on the board. Um, or they can, you know, if they're shopping with us, then obviously they can say, Hey, can we get, you know, peaches this week or whatever. But, um, the other rule that we have is that anything that the boys put in the cart, if they're shopping with us, they have to read the ingredients for like every single thing. And we'll have a conversation about like sometimes there's not um, paleo ingredients in foods that we buy. Like prepackaged almond milk has a bunch of stuff in it that when they read it, they're like, oh, this isn't paleo. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, if we don't drink this, then your choice this week is water. You know, we buy usually a couple of foods each week that are gray area foods like coconut milk yogurt or almond milk mm-hmm. or things that make them feel like normal kids, but that aren't, they aren't the best foods, but they aren't the the worst either. And so, you know, I think it's really educational for them to understand like, okay, sometimes we aren't perfect, but we're making a better choice than this other thing because, and it's really powerful when one of the boys, like the two younger boys aren't as good readers as the oldest. And so, you know, one of them will say, oh, I want this thing. And the oldest will say, well, let me read the ingredients and he'll read it out loud to them. And it's like, seeing the little one's heads nod in unison, like, nope, nope, put that back on the shelf. <laughs> it's really awesome. So really I cute. feel like, you know, once you get to a place in your parenting, it's taken us four years, granted, but once you get to a place in parenting where kind of the kids are empowered and responsible to decide these things on their own and they understand, you know, kind of what the boundaries and the rules are, that it's self-managed and I don't need to be like helicopter parenting them all the time, which is really great. Yeah, so. Awesome. That's really cool. Um, so we want to hear about a little bit more about Strongman and also, you know, most importantly about your new Strongman podcast. Yeah. So it's just Strong Woman Radio. It's not Strongman. Um, it's just for people who like to do things that you are like strong. To strong things. You like to pick things up and put them back down. Yes, exactly. And Great. ideally, those things should be heavy. Um <laughs> <laughs> and you should be trying to do as few reps as possible with that heavy thing. No. So um, I've seen some videos of you, girl. It's pretty amazing. Oh. Yeah. So my podcast partner. So, okay. So I have two podcasts. One is the paleo view, yes, which, which I, I do love. with Dr. Sarah Ballantyne of the paleomom.com. And that's been going on for two years. Um, but like I said, I just kind of reached this point in my paleo journey where I'm tired of talking about food. Like we, Trust me, we'll all get there. I've even heard Rob Wolf talk about this on his podcast or he'll be like, dude, I've been talking about this stuff for seven years. I've been talking about this stuff for nine years. Like you just kind of get to a point where you want to talk about something different. And so for me – We've been doing Girls Gone Wild for a year and even already like I would say probably 80% of our podcasts are not strictly CrossFit. Right. (laughs) It's like, oh, what do you do today? And, you know, just whatever. Like you have to – there's only so much you can talk about one single subject. Yes. Yeah. Um, until you get like a new perspective on it or someone asks you a question or something and then you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally know about that. Right. Totally. Totally. Um, so with the, uh, renewed, <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my interest in, in finding something other than food, I ended up taking all of, uh, up a love of heavy things, which I think you guys and your listeners should 
kind of understand. And so um, my workout partner, Viv, who if you think I'm awesome, Viv is like awesomer. She's been (laughs) um, crossfitting and doing heavy things for I think almost four years now. She's a certified CrossFit coach. And um, she competed against me in my very first competition. And she and I totally hated each other, like evil eyes <laughs> while we were competing because we were both in like first and second position in, in most of the events. And so um, it was a really good, healthy competition. And now we're, you know, totally besties and it brings out <laughs> the best in us. But at the time we wanted to smash each other's heads in. <laughs> so what I decided to do was partner with someone who actually knew what they were talking about and was like certified in it and had been doing it in a while because I get so many questions and interest from people who are inspired and want to do it and don't know where to start. Or they're like, Hey, there's no women that work out at my gym. Is this thing normal? And so what we wanted to do was just create kind of a safe environment for women specifically where they could like feel normal and that, you know, they could ask us all the weird questions that, um, they have that, you know, like, I don't know how to do this specific movement because my boobs get in the way. You'd be surprised how often I get that question. (laughs) So, you know, we want to, we wanted to have an outlet for that. And also just to kind of talk about the things that we were really interested in. I mean, we, we talked about the feels on, um, kind of our, our first initial shows. And that's because it just comes up so often with women in, um, strength sports. And I don't know if that's something that you guys have. I'm assuming you do because all women get the feels when you're working out, not all the time, but, (laughs) um, so it's stuff like that where we just, you know, wanted an environment for people to kind of poke fun at themselves and feel like, okay, it's not just me, you know, this is, this is a thing. Yeah. That's a big reason why we started Girls Gone Wild as well, just to kind of make like there's it really feels like there, I mean, there are more and more every day, but there have been so few places where women and kind of exclusively and not necessarily exclusively women, but like catered more to women, you know, that where they can come and be like, is it normal to pee when you're doing double unders? Or is it normal yes. to, you know, cry at the end of a workout or, you know, whatever. Right. And you can kind of be like, okay, you know, don't worry. It happens to everyone. I actually had a guy coaching maybe two weeks ago. And at the end of the workout, she just gave me this like the evilest look I've ever seen. And afterwards she came up to me and she was like, I'm so sorry. I was not pissed at you. I just thought I was going to start crying and I didn't know what to do. And we had this long talk about how like you get to the end of the workout sometimes and you just, your body has no other choice than just to start crying. And so you're like, well, and but like guys, you know, that would not ever be something that would come up with them because that's not a thing for them. (laughs) But so I think it's great. And it's just fun to like, the other thing I think is cool about kind of the, strong woman perspective is I think that a lot of women think that, you know, if, in order to be really good at CrossFit, in order to be considered quote unquote athletic, you have to have a sort of certain skill set. And that skill set includes being fast and, and, you know, being like able to Lean. go run a marathon or, you know, yeah. or being able to do a ton of pull-ups or whatever it is. And along with that also comes sort of an expectation for a certain body type. And I think the really cool thing about your guys' perspective is like you're taking this from a whole other angle of like, you know, this is if you are a you know, bigger woman in athletics, this is totally like you can use use that totally to your advantage and like lift a whole lot of heavy shit. Yeah. I think and that's 
That's a really good point. Viv and I are both heavyweights. There are certainly lightweights in our sport. That's not to say that you can't do the sport of strongman or any strength sport if you're not a heavyweight because you mm-hmm. aren't. Like I just presented at um, the Ancestral Health Symposium with Stephanie Gadro of Stupid Easy Paleo and the Paleo Athlete. Oh, cool. And Stephanie is not a big girl. <laughs> Stephanie mm-hmm. is like the little like mini version um, of, you know, kind of me standing on the stage and being, you know, this big, <laughs> like strong woman. Um, but uh, not just, oh my God, she's totally ripped in and big in all the right ways. Um, love you, Stephanie. So anyway, um, my point is that I think it's really just empowering in general for women to feel strong, period. Like whatever that perspective is for you. And, you know, for my mom, flipping a tire is like 25% of the tire I flip, but she feels like a badass after she flips that tire. Like it's totally fine that it's smaller than mine and she can work up to a bigger tire eventually if she wants to, or she can just feel like, boom, I flipped that tire and I feel good about it, you know? And I think we as women, and I don't know if it's, I think it's just a generational thing and I don't think that it'll really even be there in a couple more generations. Like we're still coming out of, you know, the right to vote was not too long ago. Like there are people who are still alive who at one point didn't vote, you know? Yep. So maybe that's, I don't have good math, but my point (laughs) is that, um, we as women have gone from this perspective of society telling us like, you know, to be quiet and to follow the rules and to like, be demure. And right. And that we are like second class citizens in a way, not even in a way, very much so. I mean, a generation or two ago, you know, like, and even for going even further back, like almost literally just property and, yeah. you know, evolving from that place. Yeah. And so I think there's this mentality of taking up less space, whether that's verbal, whether that's mental, like, you know, you're not supposed to have big ideas. Those are for the men or whether it's for actual physical taking up less space. And, you know, for women who are smaller, more power to you. It's, you can still take up less space and be a small woman. Like, and I think that's, what's really empowering about a strength sport is realizing like, okay, I can deadlift my body weight. Booyah chaka. You know, like just, (laughs) it's okay to be, to do that and to feel good about that and to feel powerful. Um, and you know, I think we can get in like, I think that there can be this esoteric discussion about the idea that, you know, women should have been frail a long time ago in order for men to dominate them. And maybe that's where it comes from. But like, all that doesn't really matter. What really matters is where we are today and right Mm -hmm. now, which is that, you know, every magazine that's out there with the exception of O Magazine, by the way, I did an actual research paper in college about this, um, (laughs) supports like the idea that women should look a certain way and be a certain way. And that certain way is like waif and not in like a healthy way. Like these, these women aren't like, they don't have muscle mass in their body. They are literally as small as they could possibly get. And, and I don't want to be as small as I could possibly get. I want to be as like strong and powerful as I can get. And I want to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that I think are really important for women to understand. Like for most women, being healthy means if you're overweight, losing weight. And if you're doing, you know, healthy activities like strength training and conditioning, um, crossfitting, whatever, only lifting, um, whatever you're interested in, you're going to get to that like happy medium naturally, hopefully, if you're eating a healthy diet and living a healthy lifestyle and and lifting heavy things, as I would argue, then then you're going to get there. But Totally. Um, 
yeah. So Viv and I are total we're total heavyweights for sure. And <laughs> that was a really long answer to your little question. No, it was great. I have a question too about I'm sure a lot of our listeners um, don't do CrossFit yet and or even work out, but I we get a lot of feedback that people will start CrossFit after listening to our podcast. I'm guessing that's kind of the same vein for the strong woman radio. Um, what advice can you give to people who are interested in doing heavy weights and maybe don't need to do the, you know, do the route of going into CrossFit? What do you suggest to people who want to get started? I think that there's value in having some sort of foundation. Um, there's a website called startingstrongman.com or like a lot of CrossFit boxes even have barbell clubs and people can just join a barbell club. Um, or even working with a personal trainer in a Globo gym to do barbell work and getting, you know, um, good feedback on form and using that equipment. Like those, there's a lot of value in doing all of that before you kind of jump into strong sports. I think, you know, having the, the foundation of a good core and all of your smaller muscle groups being activated and strong in order to support kind of growing and supporting the big muscle groups is really important. And a lot of people don't think about or focus on that because people are like, oh, I want to see a really big number when I squat or really I want to see a big number when I deadlift. But And it's not very fun to like, you know, work with the little dumbbells or you know, right. do your ring rows. But those things are important to like build those, those muscle groups. Um, so I would say that's one thing that's important. Um, I would say the other thing that's important to consider is that um, the – the type of movement that's the most beneficial to people's health, um, specifically I've researched women's, I, I can't speak for men's, but I can only assume that it's the same, is that kind of explosive movement that activates like that type two muscle. Um, and that, that big explosive movement that gets your body um, pushing and exploding in a way that only a really heavy weight could require is um, really beneficial to like hormone regulation, prevention of osteoporosis. Um, like what would an example of, of that type of movement be? So that would be like heavy squats or heavy deadlifts. And okay. by heavy, I just mean it's heavy for someone. Right. You know, that could be 75 pounds for somebody. That could be 300 pounds for somebody. It should be a movement that, you know, you can only do like three to five, maybe 10 reps of depending on the percentage of your, you know, your max that you're working on. But I see a lot of women get inspired by strength training and they end up taking some like boot camp class at their Globo gym. And the boot camp class gives them like a 12 pound kettlebell and has them use it for an hour. And I want women to understand that, yes, that's better than sitting on a sofa, but you're not getting the same health benefits as described in strength training by doing that. That's that's cardiovascular activity, and that's not activating that, like, type 2 type muscle. So, you know, I just try to tell people to think about it from the perspective of, like, how much could you do of that? If you could do more than, like, a 5 by 5 or a 2 by 10 of something, then it's not going to give you the same health benefits as if you put in more work on lifting heavy things and less reps. And the good news is that's less work. (laughs) (laughs) Less time. Less time, better health benefits. What's to lose? (laughs) That's awesome. That's cool. So we have some, we have some listener questions if you don't mind too. Oh, I have them pulled up too. Oh, awesome. Um, (laughs) 
Um, I'll start with Catherine's question. So Catherine wants to know, what was your starting weight of strong woman with deadlifts and what is your current deadlift weight? Also, what is your favorite CrossFit boot camp strong woman workout? That seems like three different questions. Yeah. Okay. You remember all so of them? It, st it started with what was my original deadlift? Is yeah. that what it was? Mm -hmm. Starting weight with deadlifts. I think it was 195. I can't remember because I did do CrossFit first. So I think when I transitioned from CrossFit to Strongman, it was 195 because I feel like I was right at the 200 cusp and was excited about it. Um, and I haven't done a one rep max on deadlift in a long time because I don't do one rep maxes very often. But when I did a one rep max two or three months ago, it was 315. So I'm probably like 335-ish right now. I was going to say another another way to say that would be how many times do you think you could do 195 now? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I could do like a CrossFit wad of like 100. <laughs> it's like nothing for me now. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> okay. And then Ori, Ore or O-R-E, or I, I know I'm mispronouncing this. Wait, There's so no accents on her name now. to that one, right? Who knows? Uh, she says, my goal is, so she, okay. She says, my goal is to lose weight about 30 to 40 pounds. And I've been focusing primarily on strength training to do that. I also CrossFit about twice a week for cardio. And there are people in my gym who recommend that I run and do other forms of cardio more to lose the excess weight. But a lot of strength co coaches that I respect, like Jason Sieb, Sieb, Sieb yeah. and Charles Poliquin, Poliquin promotes know. Sure. Promote strength training over cardio. I know from following you, being you, Stacey, on Instagram that you're trying to lean out. What is your focus and do you have any recommendations on what is working for you? Okay. So uh, I would say if you're interested in losing body fat, that sticking with strength training is going to be your best. I would agree with Jason on that. Um, if you're interested in losing weight, then sure, go run a marathon, but you're going to lose muscle mass as much as you're going to lose fat. And so for me, I'm much more interested in losing fat than I am in losing muscle mass. It's my goal to be a national competitive strong woman. And I can't do that if I'm losing muscle mass. Totally. So that's why I personally have prioritized, um, focusing on strength training and not on weight loss because I'm, that's just not a goal of mine. I have found that I've lost inches while I'm gaining weight, which means I'm putting on muscle and losing fat by um, sticking slow and steady. Like I can't tell you that it's positive. I can't tell you it's awesome. I've tried a bunch of different methods and none of it works other than nutrient-dense paleo diet. Um, I try to limit my carbs to pretty much vegetables until I work out and then I'll have some post-workout carbs, not too much because I was metabolically broken before and I just doesn't work out for me. Um, but I found that that kind of approach, like a more casual carb backloading, not, I can't do it. Like there's 20 some year old guys at the gym that do carb backloading that like eat crazy after they work out. <laughs> and it says, they say that they're leaning out and putting on, um, muscle and like awesome for them. Unfortunately, that does not work for me. And you're like, F you for being a 20 year old, having a 20 year old exactly. male. I'm like, okay, well, I've had three children. So, um, how nice for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I would say if someone's goal was really to like, let's say lose 30 to 40 pounds, um, and to be strong, then incorporating some strength conditioning into your heavy strength training days is what I do and what works it's obviously working. Um, so that for me, that looks like, okay, I do 
kind of two strength activities, whether that be squats and deadlifts or whether that's um, stones and yoke or like for me, I have different kinds of activities in the sport. So it depends on what you're doing. But there's like two kind of strength components. And then after I do my strength components, I do a conditioning activity, which includes heavy weights. And that's usually like a Tabata or a circuit of some kind for a short amount of time. So yesterday I ran with a 130 pound keg for a Tabata of five sets. So that's 20 seconds on, 10 10 seconds off, which means each time I hit a round of the Tabata, I'm dropping and picking up a 130 pound keg and running with it. So I'm getting conditioning in, but I'm also working on my strength. Um, if you were to say just jump rope for that amount of time, you're not adding strength in any way. You're not engaging your muscles in a way that kind of says, Hey, I'm interested in keeping you. So, um, (laughs) that's what I do. And it can be like, my conditioning things are crazy from, do you guys know what bus drivers are? Is that a, I don't know if that's a CrossFit thing. We do it at my gym. You don't know what that is? No. That's a super awesome core conditioning movement. It's like where you put a weight on the bottom of the floor. And you put a barbell kind of diagonal in the center of that and you swing it back and forth over your head, engaging your core, um, kind of pivoting your feet back and forth. So like um, it's kind of like a sledgehammer movement, but it's Mm -hmm. going like side to side. Okay. And so that's like after I do those, like my whole body is totally – feels it. And it's conditioning because you're like doing it as much as you can in whatever set amount of time. So, you know, like another strongman conditioning thing is we do like one minute of bus drivers, one minute of sledgehammers on a tire, one minute of battle rope, one minute of planks, and then one minute of rest. And then we'll do that cycle three times. And so again, you're engaging your muscles and telling them like, I'm moving something heavy right now. I'm interested in keeping you, but you're still doing conditioning and cardio in a way that can help your body kind of burn some some extra calories. And one thing also that a lot of our listeners and a lot things, something we talk about a lot is body image. And I know that you have posted a lot about this. So I'd love to kind of turn the conversation a little bit. Um, I feel like we're kind of moving there anyway, in terms of talking about, you know, like kind of the magazine image versus, you know, being in the competing heavyweight versus, you know, kind of these different expectations that women have for themselves. And one thing that I think every woman who starts lifting heavy things eventually has to face is that like you were just saying, you know, you can't, there is a difference between, um, gaining weight and, or losing weight and losing muscle and, or excuse me, losing weight and losing body fat. And you kind of have to finally come to a point where you have to decide, do I want to stay the same size that I am? Or do I want to keep getting stronger? Or conversely, do I want to stay the same size as I am? Um, or, you know, like for me, for example, like I'm pretty petite and if I wanted to get significantly stronger, I would have to put on weight. And so for me, it's like, am I willing to sort of give up this petite, you know, sort of persona that I have in order to be stronger? Or if you're trying to lose weight, you say, okay, well, do I want to, like, am I willing to give up this sort of ideological body image in the pursuit then of strength? So I guess my question is, did you ever feel, you know, that need to look that stereotypical way that, you know, women are perceived to want to look and what was the process that I guess kind of got you to where you are now, where you're, where you've shifted. And also, is that something that you still deal with? Like, is that something that you still struggle with? And if so, kind of how do you, what do you tell yourself to snap yourself out of it? 
You guys are the queens of loaded questions. <laughs> that was like 20, 10 questions. Yeah, you know. Yeah, totally and I don't even think that we fully answered the one lady, the first lady's question that had like three questions. That oh, I yeah. Answered. One we of should them. get back to that. She did have another question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. So yes, I deal with that every freaking day when I get dressed. Um, I, I think it, it all goes back to me to like this early podcast that I listened of Rob Wolf's like way back in the day before I had my own blog and before I was crossfitting and someone submitted a question about like, I want to lean out and I want to put on strength. And Rob just gave this like really simple, frustrated answer of like, dude, you got to choose. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was listening to the podcast at the time, I was like, how is that not possible? Like, don't we all want to look like Brad Pitt? Like, of course, I want to get lean and I want to get strong. Like Brad Pitt. Right? Well, I mean, maybe not exactly, but. <laughs> he was pretty dreamy. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm particularly thinking of Fight Club Brad Pitt. For what oh, God. So, um, Swoon. Swoon. I don't know that like 50 some, he's like 50 now, I think, maybe 40, whatever he is. He's, he's not, he's not. He's not Fight Club anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, we need to come up with like a new equivalent. Yeah. You know, Brad Pitt. Cause he's. Ryan Gosling? I don't want to look, I, anyway. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> moving on. Another conver- whole other conversation. We got to pick one. Yeah. Let's spend the next 10 minutes figuring it out. Yeah. Um, Thor Bjornsson is mine, but Ooh. that's neither here nor there. You guys probably don't know who he is. He's, um. He's the second world's strongest man. He's um, Europe's strongest man. And he is also a uh, character on Game of Thrones called The Mountain. Oh, oh. yes. I know what you're talking about. He is like a him. teddy bear. He's got a daughter that he just like – he's on Instagram and it melts my heart all the time. Oh. I'm sorry. So. He's like a teddy bear who is a building. Yeah. Yes, exactly, which is why it like, you know, <laughs> is such a dichotomy. Anyway, so – my instead of like instead of Fight Club Brad Pitt now I'm like Thor Bjornsson. Lovely. Know? There you go. Yeah. I like Actually, Chris Hemsworth. Actually, it's like half He's Thor. He's my What'd you say? Chris Hemsworth. He plays Thor. Mm. I like. Oh him. Yeah. yeah. He's not he's, bad looking. He's dreamy. Yeah. Anyway. So the point is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> those guys didn't start out overweight and metabolically broken. That's my point. Those guys went to some trainer. And we're like, I want to put on muscle mass because I'm going to be Wolverine in a movie. And <laughs> they worked with someone who, like, gave them every single, like, bite of micro and macronutrient that they needed to consume. And they worked out 50 hours a day in order to look the way they do. And even then, it's CGI'd and touched up and good lighting. Right. And, and they, they got paid a million dollars to do it. Yes. And they just did 50 push-ups before that scene in order to make their biceps look like that. So, um, but we all deal with that. Like, Every single person, men, women, it doesn't matter. Like we all have this idea of like what the stereotypical, you know, person is that we should look like. And for you, it's going to be completely different than for me because I would never be petite. The smallest I ever was, I was bulimic and had gone to fat camp in high school and I came back and I was 180 pounds. Like that's the smallest I've ever been. And I was completely unhealthy. I had bronchitis and pneumonia because my body was so sick from having lost so much weight so quickly. So for me and like what my ideal should be is going to be completely different from somebody else and what their ideal is going to be. But, you know, every day when I get dressed, I struggle with this idea of like, okay, not only do I have all this body fat that I still don't want, but I also have like all this extra skin and saggy stuff from having lost over a hundred pounds and having had three children. And it's it's not great. Like, I'm not super excited. I just went to AHS and I was like, what am I going to wear? 
I just did this carb cycling thing that didn't work out for me and it made my belly really bloated. And so I'm like super self-conscious over what amounts to about an inch and a half on my belly. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody else can really tell, but I can tell. Yeah. And so it's like all of that is a daily struggle. And I don't think anyone is ever going to be that way because even if you get to your ideal of what you think you should look like, it's still going to be a struggle to maintain that. I think like Julie Bowers is a really good example of that from Paleo MG where, you know, she got to where she was a competitive CrossFit athlete and she really bulked up to get to that performance level. And she just wasn't happy with how she looked. And I don't know if you guys have seen her now, but she looks amazing lately. And she's really happy with like, oh, I'm just, I don't go as hard as the, in the gym. And like my body settled into this and I feel really great. And like, that's great for her. But she, she had to like work through that and her, you know what I mean? It's not even like I look at Julie and I'm like, oh my God, if only I could look like Julie. But in Julie's mind, she's like, I've got all this muscle. I don't want this muscle, (laughs) you know? So, um, we all have our own like struggles for sure. Um, I go through that. But also what I tell myself is like, I want to be strong. It's more important for me to go into the gym and to be able to put, I really want to put 150 pounds over my head. Like that's my, that's what like my next big goal is. And I'm not going to be able to do that if I start dieting for weight loss, because then I'm going to lose muscle and not just fat. And so you know, I have to come to this place where I'm like, fortunately for me, I'm a happily married woman with a man who loves me and won't keep his paws off me. And like, that's really awesome for me. And not everybody has that. But for me, it's nice to know that like, not only do I have like my own uh, self-confidence when I, you know, kind of am feeling down and I'm like, no, you're a badass. Look at all this stuff you can do. Um, but I also have my husband who won't keep his hands off my butt and it's like, Oh, look at your butt. Like it's never looked like this before, you know? And like, it's that's a, a lot that's easier. That's such it's a great a endorsement for s- strong women. <laughs> yes. I mean, like, seriously, he could he could do, like, a public service announcement. <laughs> Actually, he has a post on the blog called, um, like, why you should let your woman CrossFit or something, like how to convince your spouse of, of being paleo. I forget what it's called, but it's basically, like, um, about how – eating right and exercising increases like all the good things about ladies. Yes. So you say you want a hot wife. Well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and CrossFit booty is actually a term he uses in that post. That's it. <laughs> but um, like, so I don't know what to tell you other than um, it's just, it's never going to be easy. Everybody has to figure out what their own goals are. And they have to also understand that like you have to pick a goal and that it's not super easy to get there. Like people, people often email me and they're like, oh my gosh, you lost so much weight, like your first year of paleo and I've been doing this and I haven't lost weight. And I'm like, yeah, but did you miss the part where I haven't like lost any weight for three years? Right. <laughs> you know, and actually I've put on weight and I'm in the same size clothes as I was in but they fit me completely differently. Like now I have room on the belly and I have absolutely no room on the butt and thighs. (laughs) And, um, my, so my like inches on my waist have gone down, but like my weight has gone up and that's because I'm putting muscle on. And I actually threw my scale out like two months ago. I have absolutely no idea how much I weigh and I like to keep it that way. I like to be able to tell how I'm feeling based on like I do some measurements in order to make sure that like I'm not blowing up like a marshmallow um because <laughs> I have like a history of eating disorders and that kind of thing and so it makes me feel better to know that like sometimes in my head 
body dysmorphic disorder and I'll be like way bigger than I think that I am just because my brain has a hard time re-imaging from what I was for so long. But um, all that aside, like it's really just about figuring out what your goals are and then working towards them. And, you know, when I see something that I want, like a paleo brownie, I ask myself, is that going to help me like get to my goal? And sometimes I'm like, F my goal. I'm going to eat this paleo brownie. Right. Or sometimes most... like, well, my goal is to not hate my life right now. So yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so sometimes you have to have a trade-off. But um, for the most part, knowing what my goal is and knowing the things that can help me accomplish it has helped me be really successful in other aspects of my life as well, like maintaining the lifestyle of sleeping good. Um, I stopped drinking booze. That's a really big one for me. I miss wine and I miss gin and kombuchas. I just did a <laughs> podcast with Mark Sisson and I kind of blew his mind with the gin and kombuchas. He was I, like trying not to drink and I was like, oh yeah, I really miss gin and kombucha. And I'm he's like, like, what is I, this? <laughs> he's like, I wish you wouldn't have told me that that existed. I'm kind of this, I'm feeling the same way right now. Like what? I, I don't even, I don't even know what to think right now. This totally. sounds amazing. He's blue joined his mind. Totally. I'm telling it. you, I mean, we throw some epic paleo parties and we're like known for having the best Gin and booch. So oh, gin, gin and booch. Gin and booch. Um, that might have yeah. to be the name of this episode. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. Gin and booch. Yeah. <laughs> Sipping on gin and booch. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my and gosh. a nice booty at the same time. There you go. I no. love it. And I, I don't. I think also like it's when you are an. And I mean, your goal is to be a competitive athlete, but when you're more of just sort of like the average athlete, the average woman who wants to be healthy, wants to be fit, but doesn't necessarily want to be, you know, go into competition, doesn't want to, you know, has really no desire to get to reach that level. And yet you're comparing your physique to like CrossFit Games athletes. Like I have a lot of people who I talk to, you know, girls who are like, well, you know, like, but China Cho looks that way and she's competing at that level and oh she's God, strong. And I'm like amazing right she looks totally amazing but like for every one china cho there are like 30 gretchen killebergers who you know is an amazing athlete but by no means is she you know cut like she's like this little like powerhouse she totally works out of our local gym by the way oh really that's, awesome. that's so funny that yeah, I just my, used my good friend and photographer amy um amy buxton trains with her oh that's awesome and she's yeah. like totally badass so she's so not like that yeah. you know, like, like swimsuit model look. And yeah. it's just like, you know, there's, you can pick this one person and I, you know, kind of idealize yourself after them, but their genetics are totally different from you. Their yeah. goals are totally different from you. And they are putting in such a different amount of work than you are. And it's, and such a different like capacity of work, not even that they're doing more, but they're doing, you know, they have yeah. their own. And that's also like their jobs. Exactly. You know? like, like, people... They have their own trainer. They have someone who programs for them. They and that's have, the thing. That's yeah. another thing that a lot of people don't realize is that the games athletes don't just train CrossFit the way a lot of us trained or train CrossFit. Right. Like they're doing a lot of the things that actually I do um, in terms of like focusing on strength movements on certain days. And then at the end, they're doing their conditioning and their CrossFit kind of right. stuff, you know. So they're spending like three times as long as most CrossFit athletes in the gym. Oh, at least. Yeah. Um, well, Stacey, no, totally. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad you – backing up a little bit, I, I'm really glad you talked about throwing out your scale. And Claire just did that recently. We had a whole thing about it because it was – you know, when we're doing workouts like this, there's just – that's not a number you can rely on and just tie yourself to because it's so unhealthy. Um, 
but I also think like people, and I'm glad you also talked a lot about how you're like, I still struggle with this because I know a lot of your followers probably have that idea of like, look how good she's doing now. It must be just so easy now, but it's, it's still like, we still have those daily struggles. For sure. I mean, especially when, you know, on flow comes into town, I struggle. <laughs> we all struggle. Totally. You know? Like the few days before on flow comes, you're like, oh, I feel so good. I'm so great. <laughs> and then you get like all bloated and depressed and all you want to do is eat chocolate. Um, I have, we, I had this pan the other day that was like, I think it was like Colisco that was like, everyone started, sometimes you start, what is it? That moment you start your period and think, oh my gosh, this explains so much. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but, yeah. but for real. <laughs> Yeah. No, I think, you know, in some days you just, you, either whether you didn't get enough sleep or somebody said something that bothered you the wrong way. I mean, for me, um, I think I personally struggle maybe more than most people because I put myself out there so much. Totally. And because I go on interviews all the time and I say I lost over a hundred pounds and kept it off. Like, I feel like I have to do certain things in order to maintain that. And that makes it even more of like a pressure and an overwhelming stress for me about my body. You know, I talked with Matt about this not too long ago and I'm like, you know, if I wasn't like quote unquote somebody and I had just been a person who lost a hundred pounds and regained my health and like, that was it, right? Like Mm -hmm. I didn't start a blog. I didn't have books. I didn't have a podcast. I was just somebody, some mom who worked full time that decided to change her life and her health. Like that would have been enough for me. Like that, you know, like I think it's because I put myself out there and I feel like I owe people something. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I feel so badly because I haven't done X, Y, or Z and people are expecting it. And then I'm like, wait a minute, whose life am I living? Like it's not somebody else's expectation. It's my expectation. And am I satisfied with what I have right now? And so I think that that kind of mentality can be applicable to a lot of different kinds of people where it's not just, you know, um, what does someone else think of you or how, how do you think that you should look or what size do you think you should be or what number do you think you'll see on the scale? Like F all of that. It doesn't matter. Like, Amen. Amen. What, what do you, Preach. you know what I mean? Like, what do you want and how do you feel? And then just focus on getting there and just leave all the rest of it aside. Yeah. Yeah. We are going to tie up here and we, I have one last question or do you have oh, a question? Oh, well, I was going to just ask that the second half of that oh. question again, which she said, what is your favorite crosslet slash boot camp slash strong woman workout? But since that's three different questions, let's just do what's your favorite strongman move? I yes. Guess. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to be very clear. I do not like boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just said earlier. No. Um, well, okay. I mean, maybe somebody's in a really good boot camp. Sometimes they call it boot camp when it's really CrossFit because they can't use the affiliate. But right. Um, admittedly, my favorite CrossFit movement is is probably a burpee. I I hate them just like everybody hates them, but they're so freaking efficient, man. I mean, it's true. You can you just do like 20 of them and you're wrecked. Well, I do 20 of them and I'm wrecked. Oh, I do like 10 of them and I'm like, that's plenty. Thank you. Yeah. But you know what? They're also a really good measure of improvement. Like my trainer was telling me the other day, like he's seen crazy improvement in terms of like my quickness in terms of getting down and up back on the ground and like how much height I'm getting when I come back up out of the burpee. And like, so for me, as much as I can't stand them, I honestly think that, um, Burpees are probably my favorite 
CrossFit movement. It's not a strongman movement. So we only do it rarely. Like we rarely do it and, and with our training and it's only in conditioning that we would do it. So my favorite strongman movement is, um, is probably stones because stones is like a classic strongman movement. And I really like them. Such a badass. Yeah. Right. You're picking up a concrete stone. It's (laughs) really also super intense because you like, you have to tape up and tacky up or else you rip up your arms because it's a concrete stone. Right. Um, but I'm really good at yoke. Like, um, yoke is the thing that like I am going to be known for when I'm known in this sport. It's your jam. Uh, I'm really good at it, but that's, it, it's not my favorite. Stones are my favorite. Nice. Cool. Right. I, want, I do have one last question. So okay. a lot of people too that, that write us, and I'm guessing it's the same for you, is people are so hard on themselves when they fall off the bandwagon or like they do have a rest day or don't cr- work out for three or four days. And we always kind of say, well, don't be so hard on yourself. But I guess for people too who just really have a hard time of staying with a routine or a habit, what's, what's either like a – a mindset you have or something that you tell yourself when you're just like not feeling like you want to work out or you want to just kind of have a quote unquote cheat meal, which I hate that term, but what's something that would help those people? I think the men- the best mentality that I've shared with people is this idea of not telling yourself you can't do something, but saying, I don't do that. So like I'm celiac, I can never have gluten, but I could choose to eat whatever I wanted if I choose to eat it but I don't choose. Like that's the difference is I don't choose to do that. And sometimes I may choose to do it. And I think that that really helps people's mentality when you, you either say like, I can't, or, you know, then you have this guilt if you do, because you told yourself you couldn't. And it's associated with like this negative energy versus just telling yourself like, I don't eat that. I don't eat junk or, you know, I'm choosing not to eat this. And then if you do, then like, okay, whatever. Um, the other thing about rest days is they're really important. Like I don't know, totally. I think they're underestimated. Anytime that I have a rest period, I usually come into the gym and PR. Like I don't know about you guys, but um, if I take three or four days off, unless I'm not sleeping and not eating well and drinking, like let's say it was just like a total binge fest. Like let's just fest. say you like went to Cabo for spring break or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's okay to enjoy life. First of all, second of all, you know if you're really that stressed out about it, sometimes I'll do like body weight wads when I'm going someplace, like I'll do the hundred burpees in 10 minute challenge for myself where I'm like, okay, I have 10 minutes and I got to do a hundred burpees and like, um, those kinds of things. But if you just go on vacation, you don't do anything like whatever. I don't know. That's that's why it's called a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're going to, as long as you come back, don't have guilt. Don't feel bad. Don't tell yourself I could have, should have, would have just be like, okay, I had a great vacation and now I'm back in the gym. And if you're not, you know, hitting the weights at the way that you want to, or the way that you did before your vacation, give yourself a couple of days, you know, get back on good eating, get back on good sleeping and keep going back in the gym. And before you know it, you'll be back on track. Totally. All right. Last but not least, Stacey, where can everyone find you? Paleoparents.com, Instagram, oh Facebook. If you're trying to find me and you can't find me, your internet's broken. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You can find me under anything as Paleo Parents, like um, especially on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. I also have the podcast, The Paleo View. And if you're interested in hearing more about strong stuff, Viv and I have Strong Woman Radio. Um our books, Eat Like a Dinosaur, Beyond Bacon, and Real Life Paleo comes out in November. Awesome. 
Well, thank you so, so much for taking time to do this with us. I know we know you're super busy and also that it's already really, really, really late. late. Yeah. <laughs> Where you it's are. totally my fault that it's late though, because I was late to the podcast. So I'm <laughs> really sorry. That's okay. Um, um, and yeah, it's been great to talk to you. Great and talking with you, Stacey. We will. Thanks for having me. Yeah, hopefully talk again soon. Yeah. Awesome. Take care. Right, have a good night. Stay strong. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Woo-hoo.